Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. This is episode 107. Uh, before we get started, remember, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with uh, everyone you know who enjoys pole vaulting and you think would find it useful. Also, if you could subscribe to us either on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube on our channel, Apex Vaulting, that's where you can find the podcast. Also on our YouTube channel, we have a lot of drill videos and drill progressions. And actually, that's what today's episode is about. Uh, episode 107, I want to kind of discuss a blog article that I wrote uh, recently. Uh, it's titled, How to Use Drills During a Pole Vault Practice. And really, I, I go in depth on that article about like what a pole vault practice should look like. Because uh, I think it's all too common. You know, I, I think plenty of people seen videos of Olympians jumping big bars. And, you know, you just kind of go to practice and you just try to pole vault, right? Um, I, I think often people do like a couple pop-ups or something, and then they're back to their full approach and they're just jumping, you know, but if you have issues in your vault, you're going to have to implement some drills to work on the specific elements that you're having issues with. Right. And, and I guess even before I go deeper into like what practice should look like, what are those elements? Right. So, you know, you have your pole carry run plant. Takeoff, swing, turn, and push-up. We have seven elements in the vault, right? Um, so you have to be able to identify where your issues are and then implement drills to address those issues. Now, even going further, you know, I think something that's really, really critical is the way you warm up for pole vault. I, I think having a, a pole vault-specific warm-up is very, very beneficial because that's a great way of implementing drills in a warm-up that address some of those elements that we just discussed, those seven elements of the vault. And it's the frequency. Every time you practice, you keep doing it. You're doing it so frequently. You, it's amazing at the end of the year how many reps you can look back and see that you did. Um, so, for example, just like with pull runs, you know, we'll do three pull runs every single practice right? Every single practice we're getting three pole runs in. Um, so for an athlete that comes three days a week, you know, throughout the year at apex, you're talking about over 400 pole runs every single year. You know, I think that's huge. Um, so in our warmup, just to kind of break it down, we end up doing some running drills in the beginning. That's huge. We can work on a running form. You know, for us personally, we do a B skip, a straight leg bounding and high knee butt kick. Then we move on to pole drops, we do two different types of pole drops. We do a one-arm pole drop where we, we extend the bottom arm and then we do two-arm pole drop, you know, keep both hands in the pole. That's great because now, you know, we've addressed the run and with the pole drops, we've addressed the pole carry, how to hold the pole properly and also the plant. Then next, we move on to rollovers where we're teaching athletes how to move the pole and go up the pole. So this addresses the takeoff, um, again, with no run, no jump. Then we move on to those pull runs that I mentioned, right? We'll do pull runs without a jump. Uh, sometimes we'll have at certain athletes who are ready do a jump with the pull run. I think it's very uh, critical with pull runs. Sometimes people try to like just right away have athletes jump with the pull run, but it's actually, it's like, it's an important skill to develop. Like the carry the run and plant without the jump. You have the jump that complicates it even more. Make sure your athletes pretty good, or I would say really good at a regular pole run without a jump before adding that jump. Then after the pole runs, we'll go into jumping and we'll do a four-step jumping drill. So really we get through that warm up. Those guys are now ready, uh, you know, to pole vault. Their bodies are ready. 
Um, they're feeling good. They're warmed up. And we've addressed several different elements of the vault through that warm up, and they do it every single time they come in. Um, I think the benefit of having that drill type warm up for the pole vault is now also as a coach, right, or as an athlete, you're also developing your language, right? So, like when I'm at a meet and I tell an athlete, hey, you got to jump up, you didn't jump up that time at takeoff. Because we drill the jumping drill, right? Every single practice, we're doing that jumping drill and we discuss how to jump up, right? Like we at Apex Vaulting, we talk about that long, short, that penultimate step, long, short, jump up. So I'd be like, hey, you didn't jump up. You went short, short. An athlete now knows what that means and it's easier for them to change it on the next attempt, right? So you're building those skills, right? Now, in the article, I discuss you know, how do you program drills into a practice? Well, we kind of divide up practices in, into three different uh, types of practices. Just to keep it simple, right? You have your big day, small day, and there's a medium day, right? Small, medium, big. Now, what, what do we mean when we say small, medium, or big day at Apex Vaulting? One, let's talk about how often your athletes practice, right? Or if you're an athlete listening to, to this, how often do you pull vault? Um, if you only pole vault once a week, um, that's kind of tough because you're kind of doing a hybrid. You're trying to mush <laughs> all three of those practices into one. Um, so you might do some drills, but you got to get back to a longer run and depending on the season, it depends. And, you know, so a one day a week person, you're, you've got to kind of do both. You've got to have that small day practice and mush it with the big day. But let's go, let, let's just go with someone who comes in three days a week. So now I can explain specifically a small, uh, small, medium, big day. And then we can go back to like someone who comes in once or twice a week and how you handle that. So a small day, right? Apex vaulting. And again, it also depends on the level of the athlete. Is this someone that's trained less than one year? Are they a pure beginner? Um, you know, maybe even like their first month. Or are we dealing with someone who has three years experience, five years experience, right? This all changes what a small day can mean. Um, and also time of year, right? If this is preseason, we don't have any meets coming up for a while, or it's we're in the middle of the season, can mean two very different things. But typically, let's say off-season or preseason, we don't have a lot of meets. A small day is going to be three lefts or under, right? Three lefts or under. We're not definitely not going past the three on a small day in any scenario, right? Um, if someone does have a meet, we're in the middle of meet season, small day could even be one left and that's it. Very, very technical. Very, very technical. We might even do a drill we like to call zeros where you don't run at all. You start with the tip in the back of the box and you just kind of roll it over and, and either do a takeoff swing or, or turn drill. Um, but you want to hammer drills on a small day and be very, very technical very, very nuanced, right? This is your opportunity on a small day because you're keeping it three lefts and under to really hash out the technique, right? Like maybe you start to notice even the most minute things, like maybe you notice your athlete is opening their bottom hand right before the pole hits the back of the box. This could be messing up their takeoff, right? So this is your opportunity to do a drill, like a takeoff drill. You could do it overhead, carry from a one, two or three left and just like make sure their grip is tight. They're hitting that good. Maybe then if it's going really well, you can now fold in uh, a takeoff drill with a carry, right? Like a regular high carry or a low pull carry, right? And keep hammering that and making sure that kid's grip is tight before the tip hits the box, right? 
So now that's a small day, right? Now, medium days, right? Um, medium days, you probably want to do some kind of uh, middle run. So let's say an athlete, their longest run is seven lefts. We typically like to go four or five lefts. That would be a medium day for that person, right? If they're an eight left person, maybe five or six, so on and so forth. I think you see the pattern there, right? So we, we might go to a medium run. So what we'll do on the medium day, right, is we'll start out with a drill that we may be done on a small day. So let's go back to this athlete, this hypothetical situation, person opens their bottom hand, they're missing takeoff a little bit, they might collapse, right? So we've been doing a lot of takeoff drills. So we might start the day with overhead carry from a three, just takeoff, and they hammer that takeoff. Once that looks good, now we'll bring it back to that four, five, or six left run, depending on the athlete, and have them try to implement that on a full jump from that mid-level run, right? This way, it's like, do, can they demonstrate this new skill? Is it getting better? You know, and you know, one, you have your eye, you can see, okay, let's say in this situation where the person opens their bottom hand, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're keeping your, your, your bottom hand closed before takeoff. You have a tight grip, you're hitting that takeoff nice, awesome. Other signs that things are working out well and that your drill is addressing the flaw in the jump, your athlete's grip goes up, pole stiffness goes up, and they could wrap or clear a higher bungee or bar, right? So those are all signs that things are getting better, right? So that's what we would do on a mid-level day. Then a big day, um, you would do full approach. Um, and actually, I'm in the process of writing this article right now. Um, it's kind of halfway done. Um, I talk about how Apex, we don't really always do our full run. I think the more novice a kid is, like if we're talking about someone who's got a year or less uh, training, right? Or even I would even say you could bump it up to two years if it's someone that comes in seasonally or just maybe once a week, you know, that person can get away with actually doing their full run in practice or even bump them to a new run, right? Like, so maybe this kid's only done five lefts ever at a meet. You might even try a six on a big day. I think that's fine. But I think with your more experienced vaulters, someone with two, three plus years, you know, let's say I have an athlete that their longest run that they can handle is a seven, like. We've tried an eight. It doesn't work, right? It's too far for them. So we know seven. I might only have that person go to a six because they're going to have an easier time of managing that run. And we can still be a little bit technical on the big day. Um, and also, um, I can keep them on a pull and grip that is manageable. And they're getting a positive feedback loop, right? Like when they jump well and they blow through, we go up a pole. They can still jump on it. They jump higher. It feels great. But I don't want to tax the athletes so much where it's like, I don't want to put them at a run where they really need to be at a competition and they need to be going for a PR. Or they need to be competing for a championship where we're going to get them on the right grip and pull. Um, I don't want to pressure them that much at practice where we risk run throughs, getting stood up. And now we get into this negative feedback loop where a kid starts to think, oh my goodness, like it's going to take me a few jumps. I have to test the pull out or it's going to take me a few practices or weeks or even months to be able to get on the next pole. Um, I don't like to be in that scenario. Uh, one of the things that I think about in that scenario is like, that's not a good uh, feedback loop for the athlete because now what do you do when they're at the meet and they're on their biggest pole and they blow through their feedback has been, well, every time in practice, I try a bigger pole, I get stood up. So we try to avoid that by staying one left down, 
just one left down. So if you do an eight, you should do a seven. You know, if you do a seven, you should do a six, right? And we're doing manageable pulls and grips. Um, that's a big day, okay? And, and oh, also, how do we start the big day? We usually start, you know, from a three full jump. Maybe we do a drill variation from a three, um, but typically full jump from a three, and then we go back and, you know, we just jump. We're, tr we're trying to, you know, be aggressive a little bit in that practice. We, we may be trying to get them to blow through, get on a little bit bigger pole, bigger grip, um, you know, but from that manageable run, that one less one left. Right. Um, now, like I said, we were talking about now you might have an athlete that doesn't practice pole vault three days a week, or if you're an athlete, you don't practice three days a week. You only go two or one. I think two is still very, very manageable. And it's very easy, um, because your drill day can still be a drill day. You can have a small day and have a big day. And then sometimes you can make your drill day more of a medium when needed. And depending on how much rest or break you have between those two practices. Um, if you do have two practices a week, I typically like to have at least two days between each day. Um, that way you have more rest and you have more flexibility. You could do a medium day and a big day. Um, or you could do the small day and, and big day. If you're once a week, like I said, and I was kind of explaining earlier, that's a little bit tougher because now you kind of have to decide week to week. I mean, early season, you might want to drill, 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 medium, drill, medium, drill, medium. And then it starts to become big, 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 you know, as you get closer to meets and you're, you're going to meets um, for the once a week person. Now, for everybody else who's coming in, like I said, two or three times a week, you have small, medium, big. I think also something that you have to keep in mind when you're talking about pole vault practice and drills. Once you're into the thick of a season and you have meets every single week, your meet is really your big day. You're having a big day every single week when you go to the meet. Um, and again, I, I go deeper into this in, in my, my long run blog article, and I'll talk about that more there and maybe in a future podcast. But that being said, that's your big day. So now the practices you have during the week, what you should be doing is looking at the meet and trying to identify, okay, what elements of the vault am I lacking in? Was it my pole carry? Was it my run? Was it my plant, my takeoff, my swing, my turn, my pushoff, right? Look at those elements, right? And try to, you know, go in a domino effect from beginning to the end and be like, okay, well, you know what? My pole carry wasn't that good. So I really got to focus during my pole runs. And then maybe I should do a takeoff drill variation from two, three lefts, maybe even a four, you know, and do some takeoff drills. Once that looks good, then go back. Right. But you want to identify where you are lacking at the meet, so that that way you can use the appropriate drills during the practice. Now let's, let's talk about drills. Right. So I think you have so many options for drills. You it's almost unlimited at the different ways that you can vary the drills, right? Because you, let's just go with takeoff drills, right? There's a lot of different ways to do takeoff drills. One, you could do a takeoff drill from one left, two left, three left, four left. I would even do them from five left, right? You could do a takeoff drill from any of those lefts. Then on top of it, you know, you have the option, right? You could do an overhead carry, eliminate the plant. Maybe the plant is the issue. So you want your athlete to feel a takeoff without the hindrance of the plant then incorporate the plan, right? Okay. You could do a low carry, right? Where the, the athlete focuses just to extend their bottom arm before the pole hits the box. They don't have to worry about a pole drop. Timing the pole drop can be complicated as someone's trying to learn that. 
And then obviously you can do a high pole carry where now they incorporate the pole drop and the plant, right? So you could see how the, this kind of flows. Then once we start swinging on a pole, again, if you keep the pole speed really fast, instead of vertical drills, you could be doing horizontal drills. So you could do a swing to a sit, a swing to the belly where the person turns, pushes off, right? You could do those variables of drills. Um, And again, those drills can be done from one, two, three, four left, right? And then, you know, you have full jumps, right? So you could have someone you know, kind of max out their takeoff drill where they're getting as much grip as they can, where the pole's just getting past vertical, right? You could do a swing drill where now, again, the pole's just getting past vertical. So it becomes a swing up or some people call it invert drill, right? You could do it like that. Um, and then obviously if you had the turn, it's a full jump. But what I always talk about too at the club is like, right, like the in-between, right? So we have horizontal drills, like swing to a sit, swing to the belly. You have full jump where the pole's at vertical. Well, what if the pole speed's in between? I like to do something called jump the river where you turn land on your feet. Okay. So this is a little bit more challenging than the horizontal drills, right? Because the horizontal drills, it's very easy. Even if I don't have a lot of lat strength, you know, my upper body's not super strong. Can't do a pull up. I can still, you know, get away with at least a swing to a sit, but maybe even a swing to the belly. Full jumps though, may be very difficult if I don't have upper body strength. So a nice bridge to, to that gap is that jump the river. Maybe they can start going up at an angle and swing up to match the pole speed, then turn land on their feet into the pit. Right. Um, that's a nice, nice drill. And again, on the YouTube channel, you can look for it. There's, I, I have a, a drill uh, sequence uh, video called, you know, how to go from horizontal drills to vertical drills. And we discuss jump the river specifically. Um, but that, that's, that's a great way to do it. And again, all these drills can be done with the overhead carry, a low carry or high carry, right? So you can keep varying this and challenging your athletes. And again, I would look at the meat video once you're in season and be like, okay, what, what is missing here? What did they skip? Did they skip the takeoff? Was the swing not good? Was something wrong in the turn? Um, did they not have a push off? You know, so you can start to address those needs. You start to really, really dissect the jump. And now that's how you decide what to do on your small and medium days drill wise that will ultimately lead to them having a good big day or meet day, right? Which is your big day once the season starts. But that's, that's kind of how, you know, I address drills and program them throughout a season, right? Because we have to start thinking as pole athletes and especially as pole coaches, right? You're programming these drill progressions and jump sessions throughout a season, throughout a year to develop your athletes and help them progress continually. That being said, obviously, like when someone first starts vaulting with you, you know, if we talk about beginners again, one year or less, those people see the most gains, right? Like you go from zero to eight feet or zero to 12 feet in a year. That's a huge uptick in performance, right? As athletes continue though, that improvement is going to go down percentage points, right? So let's say I jumped 12 my first year vaulting. Well, I'm not going to PR another 12 feet in year two. That would be ridiculous, right? I'm not going to jump 24 feet, right? But, you know, maybe we can get that person another two feet. That wouldn't be crazy, especially you think about like a high school boy, right? Going through puberty and stuff like that. So you can see, you know, first year jumps 12. Now they get to 14. Once they're at 14, I mean, now maybe the following year, year three, getting them to 15 would be a big deal, right? 
at some point, the, these huge jumps in performance, it's, it's going to slow, especially if you're in a good system, right? Um, so, you know, this is important. You have to program because if you don't program, like I said, I, I put a tweet out when I, when I put this blog article, I was like, look, if you're the person out there that just does a couple pop-ups and does your full run, that's going to get real old, real fast, right? And the reason I say that is because it, like anything athletic, if you don't make any changes, your body and really your mind also ceases to adapt, right? You need new stressors to create new adaptions. And even from a technical standpoint, right? If I just keep doing the same process, I, I'm not going to make any adapts. I need to be challenged mentally with technical drills to get me thinking, fail a little bit, right? You know, I got to do some drill that coach is not going to be like awesome every time. It's going to be like, no, that's bad. Don't do that. You know, you got to jump up more. No, you poke the box. No, you lean back instead of swinging up, you know? So they, you need to challenge the athlete. And then through that challenge, if it's enough stress, obviously you don't want to like burn them out mentally and get them to leave practice crying, right? But you challenge them a little bit and then like, okay, let's see how, you know, the jumps are on that medium day, right? Like they'll go back to a five, let's say. And apply those skills. It should be better. They'll feel the differences. Um, this is super important. So you have to start thinking about, okay, okay, how am I planning and programming these practices? Okay. That being said, it was so funny when I when I posted, you know, the blog article and I posted that tweet about, hey, if all you do is you know a couple pop ups and a full run, you know, I started getting some interesting DMs, you know. Um, like one person DM me and, and the people that DM me are very skilled. They have very high PRs. They jump super well. They're awesome. Right. And one person's like, well, you know, that's kind of what I do. I just go back. You know, I, I do my big run. And I say, Hey man, my answer to the person was like, Hey, that's awesome. I'm, I'm all for whatever works as long as it's working, which sometimes if we're really being honest, I don't know how people are measuring whether a process is working or not, right? Um, you know, obviously, if you're PRing and stuff, it's working. That's easy. That's simple, right? Um, but there's other metrics, you know. Uh, is my mid moving further out? Is my grip going up? Is my push-off getting better, you know? Uh, am I getting on bigger poles? These are all different metrics that you have to kind of start to manage and look at and be like, okay, well, we've been doing this, you know, are all these metrics going up? Because sometimes even like, what if like the grip goes up, but the push-off stagnates or gets worse? Well, maybe you really shouldn't be gripping that high, right? So you have to manage these, these markers. But what I said to the person that DM'd me, you know, I was like, hey, I'm all for anything that works. If you're doing just, you know, you go back and you do your long run, that's awesome. Um, but what I asked them, like, listen, you're where you're at today, but how did you start out? What got you to that point? I'm sure as a beginner, you didn't just go back to a seven plus left and just hammer all day, right? As a beginner, you have to drill. You have to drill, right? And, and to me, I think drilling is incredibly underrated, right? I think there's this big fascination with, well, you know, you could just fix it in the jump. Like I'm going to do a longer run and I, if there's a... a segment of my technique that needs to be improved, I'll improve it from the longer run in a full jump. Sometimes, sometimes, but I think you need to drill. I'm going to give you an analogy. Okay. I'm a former English teacher. 
And even when I was in high school, you know, but especially when I was in college, you know, there became this fascination with like, you know what, you don't have to teach sentence structure. You don't have to teach grammar and mechanics. As long as students read and write enough, they will organically learn how to write better. I'm going to be real honest with you people. Writing got shittier. Okay. Cause some people, yes, some people, and, and I, I think I was one of these people, I could read a book, right. Or I could read essays and I would have that imprinted in my head. And I would be able to later when I'm writing my own essays, kind of be like, Oh, okay. This is how this person did it. And it was almost unconscious. Like I was doing this unconsciously, but there's huge segments of the population. You can't do that. They, they need to know sentence structure. They need to know grammar and mechanics. Or else they're going to be writing fragment sentences and their writing is going to be incoherent, right? This is just facts. Now, once you know the rules, right, once you've drilled grammar and mechanics and sentence structure and all that kind of stuff, now those people can just write. They can read and write and respond to stuff, right? They can kind of get into that and they don't have to focus on that too much unless there's an issue. I feel the same way in the pole vault, right? Like if, if you think you're going to get away with just jumping all the time. And you're like, if you're, you're jumping like full jumps from five left or further back, 80% of the time you're missing opportunity because there's no way. I mean, like, again, some of the people that DM me, they're super experienced. They jump super high. They're awesome. And, and I think they should do whatever they're doing. It is not my business to tell them how they should practice. But I think for a lot of other people who are learning the vault, they're in high school, maybe even college, they have like three years or less of experience, they probably got a drill. I don't know if most vaulters who have, like I said, three, four years experience or less, if they really know what takeoff means. I don't know if they really know what a swing is. I don't know if they know what a turn really is. Like, how, what do your arms do while you swing? What do your arms do while you turn? Well, you're only going to hash these things out by drilling. Now, as you get more experience and you've drilled enough, I think you can get away with doing just more, just full jumps. But if you're trying to actually improve something, then again, we're going to have to go back to a drill. We're going to have to go back to some kind of drill progression that's going to improve whatever needs to be improved because it's, it's too difficult, right? Like to use the writing analogy again, if you don't know how to write a thesis statement, you can't just start writing your essay and hope that magically a thesis statement pops up somewhere, right? You have to understand what, a, what an effective thesis statement is. So going back to like, let's say takeoff, let's go back way earlier in the podcast when I was talking about an athlete that might be opening their bottom hand. Could you imagine coaching a kid for three years? And this could be a high level kid. Let's say a girl jumping 12 plus, a boy jumping 15 plus, and you keep hammering them about takeoff. You're like, man, you're collapsing a takeoff. You know, you got to, you got to really, you know, not collapse. You got to whatever plant better. What? And it's like, oh, wait, Johnny's been opening his bottom hand every time, right before the pole tip hits. Perhaps we need to work on his planting mechanics. He's doing something wrong in the plant that makes him open his bottom hand right before the tip hits the box. And that's why we're getting that little collapse, a takeoff. That's going to have to be dealt with with a drill first, 
then min- miniature full jumps, right? Like from two left, even with a low pole carry, then from a three, and then hopefully fives will show this better plant and take off with the left hand tight at takeoff, right? That's how this stuff is going to have to be addressed. It's going to have to be done with drills. Another person DM'd me, and I thought this was interesting. Again, high level person, high level person, have huge respect for them, happy for them, you know. Uh, but they, they are kind of writing about, well, they think that there's a lot of nuance. Let's say if you're a female trying to go from 14, six to 15, six, or a male going from 18 to 19 and, you know, maybe, maybe. And my response to this person, cause I just want you guys to think about how some people think about the vault, right? Like this guy is so concerned about the 14 to 15, six girls, the 18 to 19 foot guys. And he's so concerned about that. He's like, you know, well, I just, I think with that, it's a little bit more this or that. And I'm like, yeah, my response was, that's cool. I think a lot more about the person that's uh, helicoptering over eight feet, doesn't know how to turn. would like to learn how to swing and turn properly so that maybe they can jump 10 feet. Right. Like let, I'm trying to help that person. Right. I think anybody that that person just described, if we have a female vaulter jumping 14.6 or a male vaulter jumping 18, I'm pretty sure that dude or that woman has a coach, has a system, or they at least think they do. Okay. I'm not too worried about that person. Although I, hey, I think I can help that person if they need help. If they need help and they don't have a coach and they don't have a system, I'm sure I could help them, you know. I mean, could you imagine somebody who doesn't have a coach or a system and jumps 14-6 as a, as a woman? Like, wow, that's a monster. I could definitely help that person. You know, drills would help that person. Okay. But that being said, so many of these pole vault people are thinking about these upper echelon, top level things. Like, like they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get someone to jump higher than Mondo? And it's like, well, there's a lot more people that just they need to get halfway to Mondo, right? They need to get jump 10, they need to jump 11, 12 feet, 13 feet, right? And so that is where like, when I, when I put my content out, you know, I'm trying to help anybody who needs help, right? Like I, if somebody knows what they're doing and they have a system, God bless, man, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm happy for you, right? But I'm trying to help other people that are, are kind of in the fog and the thick of it. And the only advice they're getting is, they're getting something convoluted at such a high level. Like, I mean, it just kills me, man. Like there could be like this little girl who's five foot tall, 95 pounds, can't do a pull up. You know, she's got a long road ahead of her of getting stronger and faster, you know, and she's trying to learn the vault. And some dude is showing that girl a video of like some professional female jumping 16 and being like, look, you got to keep that bottom arm straight. It's like bottom arm straight. She's got to get her bottom hand above her head so she can pull swing into the pit and get into the pit. Forget about like a big bottom arm. Girl can't do a pull up. She's not going to bend any poles, you know? So I guess that's just my perspective, guys, you know? Um, But that being said, I'm going to have to wrap up this episode right now. Um, Thanks for listening and please subscribe.